Hello, everybody, and thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode of Talking Sports with Evan. I want to thank you for watching this broadcast here today. It is Wednesday, uh, November 10th, and there's a lot of Packers stuff to go over. Um, I was going to bring some Brewer stuff into this, but mostly it's going to be Packers stuff. Um, being that that's getting a lot of the headlines right now with the baseball season being over with, but one baseball thing I do want to mention, uh, <clears throat> Josh Hader, the NL reliever of the year, the Brewers second, I think it's second or third year in a row that the Brewers have the NL reliever of the year. So, you know, I think it was Devin Williams last year, Josh Hader the year before that, and now Josh Hader again this year. So the Brewers bullpen coming up big uh, in the, in the award season, unfortunately, um, they, you know, struggle a little bit in the playoffs, especially on the offensive side. But anyways, with that said, like I said, lots to discuss here and the topics, including today, I'm going to talk a little bit about Aaron Rodgers. I know a lot of us are sick and tired of talking about the latest with Aaron Rodgers. I have a few thoughts I want to give. Um, and then like all of us, I am going to move on because I think at this point it is time that we move on. Other thing I'm going to discuss is, uh, Odell Beckham Jr. rumors um, and conversation. Going to give my thoughts on him and the possibility of him uh, potentially becoming a Green Bay Packer and what that looks like. And I'm sure by the end of the show, he'll probably sign with like the Jets or the the Dolphins or something just to annoy me. Because um, here I'm live on the air and all of a sudden he decides to sign with some team that I'm not even talking about. That's more than likely what's going to happen. Going to talk a little bit about the Packers versus Kansas City and Jordan Love's first start. And I was working from home today for, you know, full disclosure, for those that don't know, I am a, uh, I work in social work full time. Um, that's what I do. And I was at home for a training and some of my uh, prep work for this show um, from a prior episode and some of the paperwork from an uh, older training kind of got bunched together. And I found it, and I printed off an uh, article from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel um, giving the Packers prediction um, with Rodgers, without Rodgers, for uh, week one through 17. And, I, um, and I'm kind of going to go over it and give kind of recap what they were thinking. Uh, I forget who wrote it uh, per se, but just kind of what they were saying going into the Packers season. So first things first, we can get out of the way and close the door because um, like you all, I'm kind of annoyed and tired with this whole, you know, Rogers drama um, going into this past off season into now with the COVID stuff and the fines and whatnot. So for those that may have been living under a rock, um, a week ago today, Aaron Rodgers tested positive for um, COVID-19, and he had to sit out 10 days, which the 10th day would be this coming Saturday, and he had to miss his past game against the Chiefs. Since then, he went out, he's gone on Pat, uh, Pat uh, McAfee show twice. One of them kind of wish he would have stopped talking after he commented about being allergic to ingredients in the in the vaccine, because I think if he would have said that and then the concerns on the Johnson vaccine, I think most people would have been, you know, even the, you know, the people that are so strongly in favor of um, vaccines, I think they probably would have understood a little bit. But then he kept going and kept going 
And yeah, the rest, as they say, is history. Well, he went on McAfee again yesterday, and he did take responsibility for any potential misleading he did of people, the people who were watching the press conference back in August. Um, he apologized for potentially you know, misleading people, giving people the wrong idea. Well, in reality, he didn't really lie about anything. He didn't lie. He said he was immunized. He never said he was vaccinated. You know, the old Bill Clinton, it depends on what your definition of is is. And I didn't really feel misled either. I'm like, fine, whatever. Let's get on with the season. You know, I got vaccinated. I chose to go that route. I encourage others to go that same route. But if that's not the route you want to go, you know, whatever. I'm not going to, like, talk down to you and whatnot because that's the route you choose to go. But anyways, um, came out came out yesterday that the NFL fined the Packers organization roughly $300,000 for violations of COVID protocol. And then they fined Aaron Rodgers and uh, Adam Lazard just under 14,000 or sorry, just under 15,000 each. And seen a lot of people complaining about the fines amount. The Packers got slapped on the wrist. It is a joke. It, it you know, uh, pro football talk had a, uh, article that he had sources that were so fed up they're ready to quit, which I don't believe half of that. I think people just looking for attention, and that's what Mike Florio has kind of become the the uh, the perfect example of just somebody wanting attention, and that's you know that's become Mike Florio to me. But the question I have when you say he didn't get fined enough, he should have been fined more or the Packers should have been punished more. What punishment were you looking for? What punishment were you looking to get when they uh, handed out the punishments? Do you, did you want them to get the maximum fine possible for the Packers? That is $300,000 per violation. Um, is that what you guys want for those that are upset with the fines? Um, you wanted the Packers to get fined in the millions of millions of dollar range for the uh, violations. Is that what you were kind of looking for? I think, you know, the NFL and the Players Association, the NFL, the gen- the uh, commissioner, they all came together and they came up with these punishments for teams that violate their COVID guidelines. That's what they did. And they punished the Packers, as I said, 300000 for violations, which I'm guessing is the Rogers uh, press conferences without uh, being masked. I'm not sure what Lazard's violations were. Um, never really went into that. And um, Rogers got fined 14, uh, uh, just under 15K for his Halloween party. And yes, I know 15K is nothing to Rogers. Like that's the pennies to him. Um, but at the end of the day, that's what the Players Association and everyone agreed to. I... I guess, do you want the Packers kicked out of the league? Do you want Rodgers kicked out of the league? Do you want it suspended for the remainder of the season? Like, like, what do you really want, I guess, is my question for you. I think the NFL was fine. I think the NFL handled it fine. And I think the, um, I think throwing the fine for every press conference the Packers had with Rodgers from week one to now, both post-game and midweek, Finding him fifteen thousand for every one of those, and Packers three hundred thousand for every one of those. I think a lot of overkill. I think you're setting the the point. 
that guys who are unvaccinated on your team need to, you know, follow their quote, their guidelines. And like I said, I see a lot of people complaining about the lack of punishment. So I guess that's my question for anybody watching this, Ryan, if you want to comment, um, what did you want to see the punishment be for the Packers and Rodgers for their violations of COVID protocol? What, what were you looking for it to be? Like I said, millions and millions of dollars for both. <clears throat> but with that said, Rodgers due back Saturday, unless he has any setbacks with his health, he doesn't need to test um, negative to be able to play. All he needs to do is be symptom-free um, and whatnot. So, He's ready to do, come back on Saturday. He spoke his piece, I and he's done talking about it, and I'm the same one. I, I'm done talking about it after this. Um, I, I stayed in my piece on my show on uh, Saturday. I recorded a audio version on Saturday. You can find that on anywhere podcasts are found, Spotify, iTunes, Talking Sports with Evan. Talk, touch base on it there. And my unhappiness with some of the stuff he had to say. And now I'm giving my thoughts on the punishment. And now, like Rogers, we're done. It, it's happened. It's over with. Now let's move on and focus on the rest of the 2021 season. And for those that are acting like his, quote, selfish act kept him from playing on Sunday, Devontae Adams tested positive the week prior, and he had to sit out. And he was vaccinated. Rogers would have had to sit out vaccinated or not on Sunday regardless. And like I said, he was a vaccinated player. Devontae wasn't. He got it. So the only way you can kind of be mad with Rodgers is if he has to miss the Seattle game as well. Um, but I, I don't think he's going to. So moving on, other Packer news, good news. David Bakhtiari activated from the pup list. Are we going to see Bakhtiari play on Sunday or not? I don't know. I think it's way too soon to tell. Um, they had Today was the deadline that they had to activate him or he's out for the rest of the season. He has to get moved to IR rather than being taken off the pup list and being activated. So there's a chance we might see Bakhtiari play on Sunday. There's a chance we won't. We'll find out, I guess, a few hours before the game when the active rosters come out um, in regards to that. So I guess I don't really know what the what the Packers' plan is now, and I don't know what their plan is once – Bakhtiari does start again um, with the offensive line. I have what I think they should do with Bakhtiari coming back. And that's going to, you know, I'm going to hold off on that for a second because it kind of goes along with my Packers Chiefs recap um, on what I think they should do with the offensive line once Bakhtiari is able to play, which I, I personally think they hold him out one more week. I think they, I don't think they play him until Minnesota. But we'll see what happens on Sunday. Other Packer rumors circulating. Odell Beckham Jr. gets uh, waived from the Cleveland Browns officially on Monday. I want to say was it Monday? Yeah, Monday. Had to clear waivers, which waivers would be cleared by 5 o'clock, I want to say, yesterday. And if no team put a claim in on him, he could sign with any team in the NFL. And as immediately after waivers were cleared it came out that the Packers are his preferred destination. He wants to be a Packer. Well, I think you would like to be a Packer, but just like you'd like to be a Kansas City Chief, but you'd like to be a New Orleans Saints, but. And that but is, 
who is going to pay him the most? Where is he going to get the most opportunity to shine? Um, I think that's what it's coming down to. Now, if it's truly about winning the Super Bowl, if that is truly what is important to Odell, the Saints would be crossed off that list. Um, the Patriots would be crossed off that list. The Patriots, are they playoff contenders? I, I don't know. Are the Saints playoff contenders now with uh, Winston being out for the rest of the year and now Simeon or Taysom Hill and he's healthy playing quarterback? Are they a playoff team? I don't know. They're definitely not a Super Bowl team. So if winning a championship is what's important to him, Green Bay or Kansas City, no-brainer. But obviously he has, it's a Super Bowl and something else is important to him. Is it money? Is it where he's going to get the most targets? Because if he comes to Green Bay, he's option two, sometimes option three. And when I say option three, I'm talking about behind Devontae and Aaron Jones. I think he'd be targeted over uh, Lazard. I think he'll be targeted over MVS and Cobb. But it's he's not being getting more targets than Devontae. And depending on the opponent, he's not probably going to get a lot more targets than Aaron Jones. He goes to Kansas City. He's not option one. Tyreek Hill is option one. Uh, Kelsey's option two. And then he'll be more, again, option three in Kansas City. So if he wants to be option one, the Saints and the Patriots make the most sense. But I think Green Bay is his best choice. The fact that you're playing with Aaron Rodgers, the reigning MVP. Um, Packers have a Super Bowl roster. Their defense just held the the offense of the Kansas City Chiefs to 13 points. The defense is getting better each and every week, which I think is great. Um, I think that's going to help propel them uh, to being a, a legit Super Bowl contender. And the, they're getting healthy. Alexander was at practice today. Not practicing, but he was there. The Darius Smith was at practice today. Um, those guys are coming back, looking healthy, uh, getting healthier. So the Packers, assuming they don't have any more major injuries moving forward, the Packers are getting healthy. You get Odell on this Packer offense, Matt LaFleur, he's going to find ways to utilize him, and he could put up some nice numbers to a big payday next year somewhere else. We're at, and for those that are so anti-Odell, <clears throat> and I guess I should, I should have started with this. I'm indifferent on what happens with Odell. I am extremely indifferent that if Odell... If, if Odell uh, Beckham Jr. signs with the Packers, great. If he doesn't, oh, well. I'm fine with the Packers wide receiver room they have when everybody's healthy. With Rodgers, a quarterback, I'm fine with it. So if he decides he wants to go someplace else, I'm not going to be mad about it. I'm not going to crucify Goody because he was cheap and didn't uh, pull the extra money out of his pocketbook to pay Odell, and he ended up going to the Saints or something. I'm not going to be upset about it. I'm really not. And I don't think you have any reason to be too. I'm not worried about him being a cancer in Green Bay. I've, I've seen that thrown around a lot. Um, I'm not worried about that. <laughs> I think in the right situation, he'll be fine. He has a all-pro quarterback if he comes to Green Bay and Rodgers or in Kansas City. He's going to get his targets. Um, they'll find ways to get him involved. And he's not a bad blocker. Packers wide receivers need to be strong run blockers, and he's not a bad blocker. He's not afraid to block in the running game. 
I think I would I would be fine with Beckham and Green Bay. I'm not going to pay him a ton of money. Um, they have about four some four something four million something left in salary cap space to spend between now and the end of the year, and the injury luck they're having. You don't want to spend a lot of money on Beckham because you're probably going to have to sign other people more than likely. So I, I'm perfectly fine with. Um, if he signs, I'm perfectly fine if he doesn't. But my point is, is I'm not, I'm not throwing him out the door because he is a cancer. I think he'll be fine in Green Bay with Rodgers, Mercedes Lewis, Devontae Adams, um, that those three core guys right there. I think he'll be fine, and I think he wants to get paid, so he's going to shut up and play football. I don't think we're going to see the uh, the Odell that we saw in Cleveland and later. Uh, when he was at the Giants later in his career before he got traded. He gets to go someplace he wants to go, and that might motivate him. So, um, you know, that's that's my thought there on Odell. Hopefully by the end of the night, hopefully by tomorrow, he signs that contract to Green Bay. I haven't seen him uh, that he signed anywhere yet, and I've been on Twitter um, between uh, training breaks during my training all day looking for it, seeing if he signed yet. But if he does sign, what I would love to see him do, um, if he does end up signing with Green Bay, there's that famous photo of the hole he punched into the wall. I want him to Photoshop his face in that hole with with some caption saying, I'm here, you know, something like that, something clever. I would love that. Um, that's what I would like to see. So. Moving on to final topic of the night, Packers versus Kansas City. Um, lots to digest from that game, lots to pull out. Um, it was Jordan Love's first career NFL start. Um, Could have won better. Um, I think people are overreacting too much to his struggles. Um, I think people are overreacting too much to his struggles. I think... For some reason, a lot of people set the bar way too high on their expectations of Jordan Love, um, and and you know there's or they set the bar so low that there's no way he was going to meet them, and you know I, I guess there wasn't a way he was going to uh, far below it either because some of the way some of the comments I was seeing all he had to do is not trip over the fifty yard line and it's a successful. Um, game for love but what I saw from Jordan Love is exactly what I expected from a guy making his first career NFL start and you got to remember this is his first game playing against the starters he didn't play with the starters at all during the uh, the pre the preseason they were all uh, sitting out some of the offensive linemen are in there like your Runyons and your your Patrick and your Newmans and your whatever but for the most part, he wasn't playing with any of the, the regular starters. So he looked like a guy who was making his first career NFL start. Um, he showed flashes in the game that makes me think there's something there. I'm not just throwing him to the curb, which I've seen a lot of people want to do. Get rid of him, cut him, trade him for whatever the hell you can get and extend Rodgers to a five- or six-year deal right now. <sighs> I would like to see Rodgers the quarterback for the Packers for the foreseeable future. That gives the Packers the best chances to win Super Bowls. However, 
I think Jordan Love showed enough that I think he can be an NFL quarterback. He just needed to get his feet wet. Um, first ever NFL regular season action, and he strikes me as a guy that he is going. He got a little taste of it. He's going to bust his ass to get back to there and make it better the next time. Um, I had a former uh, program director um, who just recently passed away. Um, I had my first ever live uh, radio show, solo show, uh, the fifth quarter post-game show for the uh, Racine Raiders and Racine. And it was one of those situations in the show. Everything that could possibly go wrong went wrong. Um, I, I had a lot of issues, a lot of problems, and yeah, it didn't go well. So I'm talking to him after, and his 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 words to me, and I did mention this story a couple weeks back when I kind of gave him a bit of a shout out too. Is your first show is like the you know you make when you make pancakes. Your first show is like your very first pancake. You always have an f up, and this is Jordan loves likely his f up, and now we move forward. Now he you know he's been working with the first team all week. The game plan, he's been, it's been his game plan pretty much all week. His, uh, Aaron Rodgers can't be at the facility. He's been practicing with Devontae. He's been practicing with um, Lazard and those guys. Um, I feel confident that if, if Love had to play against Seattle, we would see great improvement, not only from him, but we would see great improvement from Matt LaFleur. Matt LaFleur, after the game came out and took responsibility for the game plan that he put in place for Jordan Love. To me, he didn't put together a game plan that played to Jordan Love's strengths. He put together a game plan like Aaron Rodgers was a quarterback. Love has great feet. You know, he can run. I should say great legs. He can run. Use his legs to his advantage. You know, don't stand there with him in the pocket, especially when the Chiefs are attacking, especially up A-gaps, nonstop to try to get him off rhythm. And for the most part, it worked. Um, I trust that LaFleur, if he had to play with Love in another game as a starter this season, um, honestly, I hope that he doesn't, nothing against Love. I just want to see number 12 out there. I think if he has to call another game with Love as a starting quarterback, I think we see a different game plan than what was called. I think we see a game plan that's going to play more like what we saw in the preseason when Love was the starter, um, playing more to what he does well. Moving pockets, design scrambles. Um, yeah, he moved around a lot in the pocket. You can make that argument. But to me, it was more because of duress than planned. I know the very first play of the game was him trying to be on a bootleg, but Daphne didn't even chuck the rusher at all. That particular play, he's supposed to kind of give a shot to the rusher to make it sell that he uh, staying in and then go out on a route. He didn't. He just went straight on a route. The rusher got there quickly and loved through it, uh, overthrew uh, Daphne. Two guys that don't get a lot of reps in regular season games, but due to Tanyan being hurt and Rodgers being out with COVID, they had to get those reps, and it didn't go well. But I think especially in the fourth quarter, Love showed potential. But uh, LaFleur just needs to call a game based on his strengths. And th- when I when I made the prediction the Packers are going to beat the Chiefs, and they should have, when I made the prediction the Packers are going to beat the Chiefs, my prediction was based on the fact 
that I trusted that Matt LaFleur was going to um, Matt LaFleur was going to call a game plan um, that fits what Jordan Love does well. And unfortunately, he didn't. I was wrong. I was wrong. I'll, I'll sit flat out right here and say I was wrong. Um, LaFleur didn't call a game plan to be- benefit Love. So that's what we saw. The other issue, before I jump to the, the elephant in the room, the offensive line didn't play well, mostly the interior. Um, I think Royce Newman could be a good NFL player, but he did not look the part at all on Sunday. He was just destroyed over and over and over again. When Bakhtiari returns to the starting lineup, you got to put Newman on the bench. He is not ready for to be on a Super Bowl contending roster right now. I think what you got to do is Bakhtiari's obviously your left tackle. You put Jenkins back at left guard You until Myers is back. You keep Lucas Patrick at center because, yes, he's not that good, but he does the job. And then I think you put John Runyon at right guard, and you got Billy Turner at right tackle. I think that's what you do. I, I don't think you leave Newman in there. He did not look like he belonged in the NFL on Sunday. He he, And he hasn't looked that good all year. He He's had flashes where he's looked decent, but Newman has not looked good all year. And the, to beat the Kansas City Chiefs in Arrowhead in Jordan Love's first career start, the guys you expected to play well, you know, you need a guy. Everyone needed to have a strong game. The offensive line crapped the bed. And the special teams, woof. Um, <laughs> that was bad. Um, missed field goal, which it didn't look like the ball got spun um, with the laces out and Crosby pushed it to the left. Um, blocked field goal. Um, it's off the right side again. Same thing we saw in San Francisco. Same thing we saw um, when they... I think it was the Steelers got called off sides and got a return call back for a block, a block field goal for touchdown call back. And, and Lancaster who got the job to fill in for uh, Bob Tanyan, Robert Tanyan, Tanyan on that right side. He, he blocked nobody. He literally blocked nobody. And when you, you're taught on field goal, on punt, and as an offensive lineman, the biggest lesson is inside first. Nobody beats you to the inside. Because if you get beat inside, that's the close, closest path to the quarterback. Inside, over, outside. That is what you're taught. And that's what Newman struggled with at times as uh, right guard. And that's what Lancaster struggled when he was trying to block on field goal. And then Amari Rogers, yes, he finally had a good return late in the game. Uh, then he had a 15-yard return, but he's he doesn't catch field the ball. He calls for a fair catch, doesn't field it, lets it bounce. Doesn't when he he decided he's not fielding it. He's it seems like he's late calling fire, and Malik Taylor gets pushed to the ground, the ball hits his foot, and the Chiefs settle for a field goal after they get the ball at, their, at the Packer nine-yard line. Great stand by the defense. 
Um, the Packers defense played their best football I've seen in several seasons. I have not seen the defense play this well in several years. I think since 2014, probably. They were physical. They attacked. They they got tackles against a team that's very shifty. They got pressure on Mahomes. And they didn't, other than Kelsey getting uh, uh, open in the end zone for the most part, they didn't have a lot of breakdowns in coverage. They had a couple on the last drive where uh, Mahomes is rolling to the sidelines and he gets the ball at the last minute and Tyreek Hill makes a big catch on third down. And if he doesn't catch it, it's fourth down, the Chiefs punt, and who knows what happens. So the Packers' defense, they played great football. And DeAndre Campbell and Chris Barnes, those two, they got my game balls for the game. They were outstanding. They were attacking, getting tackles. And my other game ball, Kevin King. I know that's a lightning rod here. You're not supposed to say Kevin King and... Good football in the same sentence, but Kevin King played a great game against Kansas City. He was their, according to Pro Football Focus, he was their highest rated defender. And he played an outstanding game. With hopefully Stokes is back against the Seahawks. Alexander hopefully comes back soon. Um, Douglas has played well. He struggled a little bit against the Chiefs, but overall he's played well. Um, the Packers have a secondary that can be very scary um, in the second part portion of the season. So basically my summary of the Chiefs, offense, eh, special teams, want to vomit, and defense played great, and coaching could have been better. So last thing I want to touch on, so as I mentioned, the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, uh, when they didn't know if Rodgers was going to show up to training camp or not, they had a preview out um, their season schedule, Record with Rodgers or, and then without Rodgers. So want to kind of reflect back on that and see who, you know, what the author got correct. So week one, Packers at New Orleans, which actually ended up being in Jacksonville, they had the Packers with Rodgers winning the game. Unfortunately, it didn't happen. Packers got boat raised 38-3. to Um Week two against Detroit, Monday Night Football, had Packers winning both with and without Rodgers, and the Packers did. They ended up beating the, the Lions in a you know pretty nice victory overall. Packers against San Francisco, Sunday Night Football. The publisher of this article had the Packers losing both with and without Rodgers, and the Packers ended up winning on a last-second field goal in a game that they pretty much controlled the entire game. So, you know... Nice job by the Packers there. So right now, through the first three games, they got one wrong, or two wrong and one right. And the Packers were two and one. Well, they got the Packers' win-loss record correct, but just not who they beat. Um, week four, Packers versus Steelers. Um, Pack, he had the, they had the Packers winning, and they did. Week five against Cincinnati had the Packers winning, and they did. Um. So, again, Packers win-loss record, right. They just got a couple games wrong thus far. Um, week six beat against the Bears. They had the Packers beating the Bears with Rodgers. So they are correct with 5-1. and one. Washington, they had the Packers beating to go to 6-1. and one. And here's where they do have it wrong. They had the Packers losing to 
uh, Arizona on Thursday Night Football, where the Packers ended up winning that game close. And then they had the Packers be, uh, losing to the Chiefs in Week 9, which they unfortunately did 13-7. to So he had the Packers at 6-3 and through nine games. Packers sit at 7-2. and And for those wondering, he had the... Uh, uh, they had the Packers beating the Seahawks to improve to seven and three. So hopefully he's right with the Packers beating the Seahawks and the Packers improve to eight and two, which probably tomorrow, Friday or Saturday, I'll do another show where I kind of preview Packers versus uh, Seattle. So for those that were watching live, I appreciate it. Those that watch later on, appreciate that too. Those that listen to the audio version of the podcast, again, I appreciate you. Um, if you have any questions, comments, you can tweet at me at Evan with Sports. You can email me, talking sports with Evan at gmail.com. Or you can uh, find me on Facebook, Talking Sports with Evan. With that said, I hope you all have a great rest of your night. And I will get back at you a little later this week to preview the Packers versus Seattle. Have a good one, everybody.